Welcome to the Missing Pieces Podcast. If this is your first time watching or listening, as this is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, my name's Greg, and this is the show where I discuss my life, Lego, and anything else that's on my mind. So on that, let's get into this week's episode. Oh my goodness, we got ourselves a musical intro. I hope you guys enjoyed that little experiment that I did there. That was actually inspired by one of our newest patrons that we got this week by the name of Niels. He sent me a message on Instagram, which I'll share with you here. He says, hey Greg, today I had to drive to Frankfurt, Germany and back home, which took me around seven hours. So I got to catch up on my favorite podcasts including Missing Pieces. I like your taste in podcasts, Niels. He says, I realized that regarding those podcasts, yours was the only one without a musical intro or outro. He says, I think adding some kind of music theme to your podcast would be an improvement, just like with a TV series or commercials. Just a thought, and obviously I don't know if that's even possible with copyrights on YouTube. Love listening to all of it. Niels, pronounced Niels with an S, from Osnabrueck. And Niels, thank you so much for the inspiration for that. I hope it turned out okay. I think it's I think it's something that we can at least experiment with. Maybe take this podcast away from being just a dude with a camera and a microphone talking about his life, but maybe that's all we really need. This week's episode, I hope, is a good one for you guys. I have a lot of things that I want to talk about, and I'm really excited about it. But before we get into that, I have some other thank yous to give out to other patrons that joined us this week. I have a thank you, of course, to Niels, who gave us that intro. I have a thank you to go out to Ryan, to Cy, which is short for Simon, to Justin, to Mason, to Joy, to John, and last but not least, to Frode or Frode. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but he goes by the name Train Driver on Patreon, and he actually sent me a nice message that goes with his his introduction here, and he says, Hey Greg, I've been listening to Missing Pieces since the beginning and love it. I felt now was the time to give something back. I listen while I work, so your voice has crisscrossed Norway many times in my freight trains. Keep the podcast coming. And I thought that was awesome. I've been to Norway. At least my voice has been there. I would love the rest of my body to get there. So if uh, Frode or Train Driver, if you want to have me come along and be your uh, freight driving assistant, I would love to apply for the job if that's at all possible. Speaking of applying for jobs that are free of charge possibly, or maybe not, the whole intro thing, I kind of like dabbling with getting into like something that's a little more professional. And I imagine there's probably somebody out there that's hearing my voice right now that maybe dabbles in music production or does something on a professional audio level. And I would love it if maybe you created a little something uh, that we could do as an intro for this. I could send you the audio file for me kind of saying the intro if you want to turn that into something epic. That would be really cool, and I can make that at the beginning of all of our future podcasts, and it would save me from sitting here and trying to do that intro, which makes me very nervous. Once I get past that, I feel like I'm in my zone here, and we can get the show on the road, which we're going to do now. So if you are that person, send me a message. Uh, even if you're 10 years old and you have GarageBand or something, heck, why not? Why not make it a little thing? And maybe we can have like some, some fun with this here podcast, which is what I love to do. This is by far my favorite thing that I do every week, followed by our Friday night patron streams, which are... It's awesome. Our last one was fantastic. If you are joining us on Patreon, skip the first 12 minutes of this last week's one. I had all kinds of technical difficulties, and you guys know that I, I strive for perfection when it comes to audio and video, and this is far from that, but I try to do my best, and gosh, I had, I've had bad luck the last two weeks starting out these streams. My, my equipment fails me, or I fail my equipment, uh, but beyond that, it turned into a really awesome episode, if if that's what they are. It was it was just a great stream, and I, I love doing that. So if you are thinking about joining us on Patreon, I would love to have you in our streams. We do them Friday nights. We do them Wednesday afternoons. I try to accommodate everybody in the world wherever your time is, and I'm probably going to be doing even more than that over there here as the summer goes on because I've got a lot of stuff to build. The 
one of the best things, at least in my mind, one of the funniest things that came out of last last Friday's patron stream was my idea for uh, a, a Patreon mid-roll ad on my YouTube channel. So you guys know probably that when people have YouTube videos that are 10 minutes or longer, they have the ability to put ads in the middle of them. And you've probably experienced this. You've probably been watching a YouTube video, super engaged in what the person's saying, then all of a sudden an ad pops up for something that you have no interest in, you're never gonna buy, it's probably not even relevant to you. And they're, they're fine. I have nothing against that. People need to earn a living. I'm doing, I, I'm guilty of it. I mean, it's the way it is. It does really help when you put that ad in there and it boosts the revenue up. And when you only make so much money per like thousand people that watch your video, every little bit helps. So I don't have anything against that. But I thought, what if I could do it a little better? and still have my videos monetized because I know I've tried before like just not monetizing them and using Patreon as like the sponsor where I intro the video saying, this video is brought to you by Patreon, you know, something like that. I realized that YouTube was like, nah, nah, we're not, we're not gonna show your videos because we're not making any money on them. We're gonna show this other video over here. So I was like, please YouTube, I need you. <laughs> I, unfortunately I need you right now. Patreon is making that a little easier, but what if I kept the ad in the beginning of the video, right? So you you watch that ad, the one that you can usually skip past. But then in the middle of the video, like five minutes in or whatever, I say something along the lines of, this is where you usually see a very annoying ad that interrupts your video. Instead, let's talk about Patreon and how it's, you know, just do something. I, I, I was in the middle of my flow on Friday. We're still a little early here on Sunday morning for this, but I, it was be along the lines of, this is where your video would probably be interrupted by something that you don't care anything about. And maybe it still is, but if you would like to join us on Patreon that really helps our channel and you get exclusive content there you can't find anywhere else, you can join us down below. And now back to the video. It's still a little interrupting, still a little jarring, but at least it's the guy that you're watching. It's a testimonial of sorts. And it's not like, it's not like taking you out of the video or the experience. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Some of you would probably still be upset about that because Patreon is still one of those things that still irks people. And I promise you at this point in the, in the podcast today, it's gonna be the last to talk about it. I always like to start out with the, with whatever. I, I don't know why I feel always uh, the need to defend myself with Patreon. It's, it's a real thing and it really does help. So that's the last I'll say about that. Let's talk about actual Lego, my life Lego and anything else that's on my mind. Start with Lego. We'll get you, get you Lego guys out of the way before we get into the real good stuff. Just kidding. Star Wars month, it continues. We're cranking the builds out boys and girls and kids. We're gonna talk more about that later too. This week, we built the Resistance Bomber, fantastic build, which uh, the, the bombing mechanism, I haven't watched any reviews on it, but the bombing, me bombing mechanism on that was a little uh, a little iffy. I was thinking you could just push a button and all the bombs would go, psh, 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 psh. but you had to kind of rock it back and forth and it created, created a little bit of an issue on our on our video that day. Outside of that, I mean, it's a, it's a cool, I'm looking over at it right now, if you're wondering what I'm looking at, it's kind of a cool shape. It looks like a giant like ray gun, basically. And I love it because it feels like very World War II inspired, like a bomber should, I guess. It has the, the turrets and things that spin around. It's really cool. It's a, it's a great ship. I got it for $55. It sat in the backlog for a year and a half, and it's been out. It's relieved of its prison in the backlog. We also built the X-Wing that Hugh sent us this week, which is a very, very close, I guess just a reskin in video game terms, of, of Poe's X-Wing. And that was a fun build. It had been a really long time since I built an X-Wing. So it was cool getting into that. I did a comparison. Triggered you uh, clean detectors with all the dust that was sitting there on Poe's X-Wing. Ryan told me, he's like, why didn't you dust it off? You should have dusted it. I was like, nope. 
we keep it real around here. I'm not going to purposely dust off a set so you guys think things are different than what they are. This is reality. I pulled that thing out of the box. I put it up, dust and all, for sickness and health. In sickness and health? Yeah, that's, that's I guess, irrelevant, but still. Yeah, it was cool. So we built that. Uh, Non-Lego build was Starscream. Clarky built that. That was a Creo set that was sent to us long ago in mail time. A set that I almost got rid of. I was thinking of donating it because I was like, we're never going to put that on the channel. Like, it's not Lego related. Why do I, why, why should I hold on to this? Somebody else would probably get a lot of enjoyment out of this. That was until Clarkman started getting really into Transformers. And by really in, I mean borderline obsessed. And I was like, you know what? I still have that Starscream. So the dude built it up. Turned out nice. We did an X-Wing versus Starscream battle. If you missed that video, it was a fun time. And that turned out really nice. We also built the Mandalorian battle pack. It was, I love it. I love the Mandalorians that are inside there. Clark and all of our other battle packs. The battle pack Star Wars backlog is defeated. In fact, I think we only have, I did an account on our patron stream. And I think we have like 11 to 14 sets left. A couple of those being promotional sets, which I'm going to build on my own time and kind of just do like a little quick thing saying like, yay or nay on these things. And I probably shouldn't even open them, but I still think I'm going to, especially the Death Star 2 battle. I need to get that one out and uh, see if it's as bad as what I think it is. But I'm not going to make a negative video on it. I'm not going to be one of those guys. At least at least in the title or whatever, I'm just going to I'll just share my honest opinion, which is the only thing that I'm really good at. Clarky also went on a little bit of a spree. You remember those buildable figures that we had in the backlog, the Obi-Wan Kenobi and like the sh the Death Trooper or whatever it is? Clarky wanted to build those and I was like, I I don't think you were going to be able to do that, my guy. Like they they're a little tricky. I was wrong. 5-year-olds are capable of a lot of things, including building them. And Clarky built Obi-Wan and I'm just like what? You built that by yourself? This is the dude that two years ago, three years ago maybe, was sitting there trying to put minifigs together. He's building buildable figures. So he built that one. He built the, the Death Trooper. I think that's what it's called. If it's not, the Star Wars detectors can leave a like on the video or dislike, whatever floats your boat. So he built both of those. And then he wanted to get into another build on Friday and he started Anakin's Starfighter or Pod Racer. I'm sorry. Anakin's Starfighter is the still thing we have. He built, uh, started the Pod Racer and I finished it on the Patreon stream. So we have that done. We've got a couple videos ready for you guys. Also, I guess we built the Minecraft mine yesterday with builders who sent that to us, and that was pretty cool. I'll do a video of that going into Minecraft World. That's gonna be it's gonna be great because there's like a perfect spot for it. And then Minecraft World is getting kind of full. So I had an idea to like make like a second layer. Maybe we're gonna have to make like Minecraft World uh, City where it's like New York City and we build skyscrapers of the Nether and all kinds of stuff. It's gonna be great. Clark is just. He's inspiring me, man. Really, truly inspiring me to to be like the builder guy. He's the builder boy. I'm the cameraman, but I want to be a builder too. And like, I've gotten out of that mind state. And I think I talked about this before where every time Clark wanted to build a Lego set in the past, I would be like, no, dude, no, we got to make a video about that. We got to do that in video. We got to do that in video. Now I'm just like, who cares? Like you, you don't need to see us opening, unboxing, unfolding manuals, unbagging every single set. Why not just let him build it on his own time, enjoy it if he's available, and then we'll make a video being like, hey, here's the the three sets that we built this week, and this is what we love about this one, this one, and this one, and just make it one video. In the middle, I can say my little pre-roll ad thing. I think it's a good idea, and it's going to make us a little more productive here. I like to get up to date with Lego sets. I like to get new ones when they come out, which this is a little bit later in the stream, but I might as well bring it up now. Let's talk about the haunted house it's an, uh, apparently an amusement park ride which instantly ups it in my book i i found out about this during a live stream people are like what do you think of the haunted house i'm like what haunted house 
I need that in my life because I wanted the Monster Fighters Haunted House, the 2012 one. I love that set, but it's just so dang pricey. I saw, I remember a Brickitector got it last year at Philly Brickfest, and I was looking at it, and I was like, dang it, I should have got that instead of Grievous. But it looks really cool, especially from the outside. The inside, though, is a little barren. But now this new haunted house, oh my gosh, the inside of it is just glorious. There's so many things happening in there. It's it's so beautiful, and I want it, but I don't think I'm going to buy it right away. For me, being a haunted house, even though it is kind of like a fairground attraction, I want to build it in Halloween time. So I'm probably going to wait until October to get that, hopefully with like another promo. I know that's going to disappoint some of you that maybe want to see it right away, but we've got a lot of stuff to build, guys. I've got the 89 Batmobile, which is going to be the like the first big build after Star Wars month. I always get that question. Everyone's always wondering, what's the next big build? What's the next big build? It's going to be that. So I'm excited about that one. Clark said he would build the small one, so we got a good team going there. I've got uh, a couple big modulars to build. Like I have the uh, Parisian restaurant. I've got Assembly Square. August in Ninjago month, which is it's going to be a little lacking because I only have a few Ninjago sets. I'm going to build the Ninjago City docks, and these big sets are going to evaporate from the backlog. It feels pretty good. It feels cool. I've, uh, I think I'm on like the 98th percent complete in getting rid of my boxes, like in terms of me coming mentally prepared to do that. It's just, I think it's going to make my life so much better and so much happier, even though my collection's not going to be like complete, but I'm still going to have the idea that I've always wanted, which is I want to have a library of Lego sets, right? I want to have the ability to like go in, find a set and build it. And builders actually gave me like this idea yesterday. He's the guy that sent us the Minecraft set, by the way. I sound about how how nice it was to not have that box to worry about. It's it's crazy. Like even the Boba Fett helmet that Zach from the Zach log sent us. It's nice not to have to worry about the box and like be like, where am I going to store this? Where am I going to keep it? Is it going to sit on the floor? Am I going to put it on a shelf? None of that. And I'm thinking what I'd like to do is what Builders does. He has these big totes, just like I have, that I keep all my old childhood toys in. And he cracked into that. Inside that were Ziploc bags full of sets with the set number written on the front right? Which is great. And then he also had a three ring binder inside there with page protectors or sheets. And you open that up and inside there is all the manuals. So I could essentially accomplish what I'm trying to do, which is to have a library of Lego sets just in a way more efficient space. So you pop the lid, you look through the binder and you're like, yeah, I want to build that set. So you find the set number, you build it. When you're done, you put it back in the bag and you put it away. And instead of having 15 moving boxes in that storage room back there, full of Lego sets, I could have maybe like four totes or maybe like break them up into themes and just have them all sitting in there real nice. I think it would make me happy. Someday I may regret it, but someday I maybe won't. You know, like it, I think it's fine saving your boxes if you're a casual collector and sometimes you get a Lego set every couple months and you're like, yeah, I, I really wanted the Stranger Things set and that box is gorgeous. So I'm gonna keep that as an art piece. But when you're a dude that makes Lego videos, every day it's hard to it's hard to maintain that unless you have some type of warehouse or storage facility or something which i refuse to do if i can't actively be a part of my collection there's no reason to have it and this is just going to be a burden for someone else someday someday when yield brickitect is laid to rest with his lego bricks somebody's going to have to deal with all this stuff and maybe clark will want to maybe he'll be excited about all that but you know there's always going to be more stuff coming out and it's it's just not sustainable. So that's what it comes down to, sustainability. But we've been cranking that out. That haunted house set is obviously one that I want to get. 
I was going to talk about Monkey Kid here, but I think I might make a video about it. I thought about it this morning and I'm like, dang, am I too late for this? Is it too late to say is Brick Tech buying it? But I don't know if it ever really is. Like I could I could make that video anytime I want and be like, yeah, this is what I like. Uh, spoiler alert though, if you're not really interested in watching the whole video, I love Monkey Kid. I don't know anything about like the the theme itself or the characters and such, but I think it's just like really fun. And I think me and Clark Man or Clark Man and I for you English detectors, I think we could have a blast with it. And I think I think it could be something really special. Uh, the mech though. You guys know mech attack loves himself some mechs and I have I have to have that as a part of my life. So uh, when they become available, maybe if we can get some double VIP or some some promos and stuff like that, maybe we can we can work something out there. Uh, but they, they are in the future. Other things this week outside of Lego. That was the Lego portion of today's episode. So if that's what you came for, I appreciate you, you being here for that. Uh, we're going to talk about some non-Lego stuff here because this is my also my life. And my life kind of sucked this week for one reason. And that's because I've been doing this new thing that I've really been excited about lately called live streaming video games specifically Minecraft Fortnite. I've been doing a gaming channel for a while now. It's called It was called Games with Greg. And Clark and I, ever since he got back into Minecraft, I've been kind of rocking that out. We've been streaming like Minecraft creative mode every other day when we play Minecraft. I've been getting into Fortnite with fans, which I love. Even though I hated the game for so long, I'm having some fun with it. And my favorite thing about it is I get to talk to other people that watch the channel and get to, get to meet the kids that are just insanely good at Fortnite and make me feel terrible about myself but carry me to wins, which is really fun. So I got this new MacBook computer and it's fantastic by the way. I like everything about it. I got it all set up like a week ago. And of course I want to stream using it. And I, the software that I use is an Elgato software. I won't get too much in the technical stuff here. I just want to say that I cannot get it to connect to YouTube. I can't get it, my, my video game streaming stuff to work with YouTube. I've tried mobile channels. I've tried every strategy that I can think of. I looked up things on Google. I can't get it to stream. So I was like, let me try it on my BrickTech Live Twitch channel just to see if it works there. Flawless. Flawless victory. So I'm like, okay, I can stream to Twitch but not YouTube for my new computer. Let's just do it. I've been thinking about going to Twitch for a while. Twitch is, if you don't know, it's a place where pretty much every gamer streams. That mixer is now a thing. Not many people stream directly to YouTube. YouTube really isn't a place for streaming. YouTube has no love for streams. YouTube is a place where people want to watch videos. Like I've done my share of streams. I have my own streaming channel. They work when it's live. People love to watch them. But afterwards, it's just like there's nothing. Whereas if you make a regular channel, those videos are always kind of being watched. People watch like a five-minute video, 10-minute video, whatever. They don't want to sit down for a 50-minute stream or two-hour stream that was live once ago where you're talking to people that aren't even there right now. So... I thought, okay, let's try the whole Twitch deal, and then I'll try um, uploading my highlights or whatever, if there are any, to YouTube on my gaming channel. I went over to Twitch, and I was like, okay, Games with Greg, boop, taken, of course. I'm sure the word games with any name in the human history is probably taken, unless you have like a really unique name. So I was like, sugar of the shacks, what am I going to do here? I need a new name. Oh, crap, my computer's almost going to die. One, one thing that helps with uh, computers is if you keep them plugged in. I've learned that the hard way. I can't believe we made it this far, though, without having it plugged in. Okay. Come back to life on me. Don't end my stream. <laughs> Don't end it. I, I really am, am enjoying this. Okay, so hopefully that makes it come back, and it already is. We don't edit these, by the way. So I spent most of, There was one, like, nice day this week. It happened to be that day that I'm trying to figure this out. And 
I have some regrets on that, but in the end, after thinking about all these different names and kind of throwing out to my focus group, which is my friends through a, a or through a Instagram messaging, I came up with Gamer Attacked because I was trying. I was almost going with Greg's World of Games. I was trying to tie it in with my other brand. So you have Greg's World. I thought, what about Greg's World of Games? It sounds so exciting. Like it's the circus. Welcome, step right up to Greg's World of Games. Come on in. I don't know. I felt a little long to me. So I said, what about like Game Attacked? And I was like, yeah, I like Game Attacked. But then I was looking at the spelling of it, and G A M E I T E C T was so like odd looking. That E I in the middle was 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 messing with me, especially coming after an M. It just doesn't work in the English language. So I was like, what about Games Attacked? And I was like, yeah. What about Gamer Attacked? And I was like, yeah, Gamer Attacked. And the, the guys agreed. So Gamer Attacked um, became a thing. I made uh, twitch.tv slash Gamer Attacked if you want to watch me stream stuff over there. I also switched my Games with Greg name to Gamer Attacked. I got the YouTube URL, Gamer Attacked. I signed up for Mixer under Gamer Attacked. I got the Reddit, Gamer Attacked. I got uh, basically everything, I think, except for Instagram. Gamer Attacked, there is a Gamer Attacked on Instagram. There's no like content there or anything. How dare you? If you are Gamer Attacked on Instagram, you really screwed me over. But I think I have it pretty much everywhere else, I think. I also switched my Fortnite name. I switched my PSN name. Gamer Attacked is now a thing. It was really cool because when I did a search for Gamer Attacked, G-A-M-E-R, I-T-E-C-T, there was no results. And it's really crazy when you can make something that has no search results on Google. So now Gamer Attack is a thing. I've done a couple streams there. I'm still having struggle with uh, my, when I use the software that now works with Twitch, I realize that every time I do it, it shows up as I'm playing Pac-Man as the game. And apparently that's an issue with, with Mac. It's my problem of not being a PC detector. So I was like, what, Ryan, I messaged Ryan because I know he has similar struggles. And he's like, what if you try Streamlabs OBS, which I did yesterday. And I was like, this is it. Finally, it's perfect. And then I found out there's like a huge delay on it with the audio, which is not ideal. It's almost like if you'd see my voice moving and then like you hear the voice five seconds later, it's super distracting. And it might even be happening right now for all I know. But I, maybe if I can figure that out, that's my next challenge is trying to figure that out. If that doesn't work, I'm going to go with the KISS method, which is keep it simple, stupid, and I'm literally going to stream directly from my PlayStation 4 to Twitch, which is easy to do. So instead of having like, like this is, this is my microphone that I use for talking to people that I'm playing with. This is the microphone that I use that you guys can hear me from when I'm playing. I have, oh my gosh, that scared me. I also have like a uh, Elgato HD60S, which goes into my computer to stream the games. I have headphones plugged into the TV so I can hear it and it doesn't create an echo. All this crap that I have set up and it's so complicated when literally all I could do if I wanted to is take my controller, plug this into it, which is a gaming headset, press the share button on here and start streaming directly live to Twitch. It's so much simpler. I don't know why I don't do that. I probably should. And then if something epic happens, you know, like people are watching the Twitch stream, there's no like huge expectation of quality when it comes to streaming games. I don't think like I stream in 1080p, but if something epic happens, take that clip because you can download your own videos from Twitch. Apparently I found this out yesterday. Take the little highlight from that when I got like 500 kills in Fortnite in one match against hundred people and upload that to YouTube. I think that like makes sense. It's like the most sensible thing that I can think of rather than running all this crap that I'm trying to do. 
But I spent an entire day trying to figure that out. Actually, probably more like two days because I spent one day trying to get games with Greg to work on YouTube, doing everything I can do. And then I spent the next day trying to figure out a name and then setting everything up through GamerTech, all my, all my stuff. I wasted, I wasted too much time on that. And it was like a nice day, like I said. And I'm, I was thinking like kind of brought on like a, a crisis for me. I started thinking, is what I'm doing, not only with streaming video games, but like building Lego sets, vlogging my life, all these things, is this the best use of my time? Could I be doing something bigger, something more powerful than playing Fortnite with, with some kids or building uh, a bunch of battle packs? But then I think like, I enjoy this. I enjoy what I'm doing. Other people get entertainment, enjoyment out of this. I get messages from people uh, consistently saying, you know, this is, I am having an issue in my life or I'm feeling down, depressed, I'm struggling with something. And that video you put out, even though it was just 20 minutes of you guys ripping into some mail and having some good times there, that's what I needed in my day today. So, you know, I, I guess I always have like this dream of doing something big, you know, like having an impact on people in a positive way. And maybe that's happening. And I'm going to try not to get emotional about this, but it... <laughs> it means a lot to me that there's people out there that, that do get that enjoyment from this. Even if it feels like I'm doing something silly, something dumb, something that on the grand scheme of things in the world is just minute. Knowing that there's at least one person out there that's like, Greg, thank you for that. It's, it's all I could ask for guys and transmission. Okay. Let's bring this back to, uh, dang it. I was going to say something positive, but it's more negative. How can I, <laughs> I want to talk about Chima, not the theme, the other thing starting to get kind of nice out guys. And, uh, I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried about missing out on a year of what I look forward to every year, which is the summertime yard sales. There's been two weeks of yard sales. Now my two favorite yard sales, in fact, was, was yesterday and the, the prior week and they, they really weren't happening. You guys know, like I get so much joy out of life by going out to yard sales and trying to find Lego scores, Lego hauls, getting that, getting that dealy dealy and bringing it home and showing you guys and being all excited about it. Dang it. Missing out on that. But more importantly than that, is we do our vacations in the summer. Like we usually go to Ocean City, Maryland, which I love. It's like my favorite thing. It's fun in the sun, swimming in the ocean. They've got great pools. We go out to eat every night, have some, you know, have some delicious food and such. And it's, it's really fantastic. And this year, I don't think that's going to happen among a lot of other things. I love going to Knobles, which is our local amusement park. It's like my favorite place in the world. And I don't think it's going to be necessarily safe to go there. I don't want to, and again, I don't want to like make this like a political thing. It really shouldn't be a political thing. And it unfortunately has turned into that in the real world where there's a certain group of people that are like, Hey, everything's fine. Go, go live your life. And some, the, another group of people are like, Hey, we should probably not be doing that. And then there's the scientists that are like, this is what we should be doing. And then it, it's, it's, it's getting complicated. And I don't know. I just, the way that I think of this, I'm okay with being a hermit, an introvert. I'm okay staying in my home all the time. But what really what really gets to me, I guess, is that I know I only have so much time with Clark Mann. And this age that he's at right now is just such a special age. 
and I want to go out and I want to enjoy this life with him. I want to go do all these amazing things because there's going to be a day where Clark has grown up and I, I can't experience this. I don't have an excuse to go ride the, the all the fun rides at Knobles by myself. You know, like he gives me an excuse to have fun. I like to live my childhood the best that I can. And this is where I, everyone's like, okay, Peter Pan. I had someone like be kind of nasty to me in a comment once and they're like, Peter Pan never grew up and plays the Lego sets all day. And I'm like, so is that a problem? Is it a problem that I do what I love to do? No, I don't think so. But it makes me sad to know that maybe this summer we may have to give up all those things that we really love. And I'm bummed about that. Like the time is the most important thing to me. If this was happening in like December, I'd be like, all right, we're good. We'll bunker down, we'll snow ourselves in here and we'll build some Lego sets and have a good time. But yeah, it's it's like now that the weather's getting warm, I'm missing my yard sales. I'm missing out on quite possibly like amusement parks and travel and all these things that I love to do and look forward to. I don't know. And I know, I know it's like selfish to say that too. Like Greg, really you're worried about going to an amusement park when there's people dying. And I understand that's the reality, but I'm just expressing this from like my point of view and, you know, sharing my honest opinions and feelings. And I imagine some of you probably have had these thoughts. I don't think it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to be selfish in, in when you're thinking about things like this. Like, you know, it's, it's always that thing like where people are like, oh, first world problems or other people have it way worse. And it's true, but that doesn't mean that the things you're experiencing aren't any less valid. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe it'll come out that things are safe and we're good and everything will be fine. But I, I don't know. I worry. So that's that's that topic. Maybe we can move on to something positive here. I watched a couple movies this week. Uh, movie of the week. I guess it's a, it's a thing now. Actually, two movies. Let's talk about the first one that I watched. I told you guys last week that I was planning to watch this one. And it's called Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. It's a, it's a really cool movie. It was a, it was a kind of a deal a little bit, I guess. Though they kind of upsold me. $5.99 to rent or $8 to purchase. And I was like, okay, what, I could rent it. But what if I really like it and want to own it? I might as well just pay that extra $2. So I bought it. I watched it one evening. I basically am on this schedule now where we go to bed pretty early, but I'll stay up on my iPad and watch a movie and stay up until midnight. And then I'll get up at like six o'clock the next morning because that's just I'm like an early dude. Like I'm, I always like, I've always got up early. I'm never one to sleep in and, uh, I'll get up at like six, obviously not enough sleep for me. So I'll take a nap in the afternoon and get refreshed. And it's just like, it's really working for me right now. So Ford versus Ferrari, if you guys didn't know, some of you guys, when I mentioned it, said it's your favorite movie, you really loved it. Uh, the backstory or the story on it or the plot is uh, it, it's about Carol Shelby, who made like the, the Shelby Mustangs, Shelby Cobras uh, in the 60s. It's about him and Ken Miles, who's a driver. They team up together to make the, the famous Ford GT40 car. Carol Shelby builds it. Ken Miles is the driver. And it's the story of them. It's it, For me, it's almost not even Ford versus Ferrari because I'm doing a terrible job explaining this, I guess. Or maybe I'm not. For, Ferrari was winning the Le Mans, which is the 24-hour race, and Ford wanted a piece of that action. So they commissioned Carol Shelby to make them a car, and he built the Ford GT40 and he needed a driver. So Ken Miles was that guy. But Ken in the movie and probably in real life because this is based on actual events – He's kind of a hothead. He's, he's a little uh, off the rails. He's kind of a crazy dude. And Ford obviously didn't want him to be the driver. So a lot of it is kind of them doing what they can to convince Ford to make this 
this happen. And Ford is portrayed as like this big evil corporation who doesn't care about like uh, the beauty of vehicles and like just has a bunch of money but no class. And uh, it's it's just a really cool like it's a cool story of of the underdogs, which are these guys using Ford's money to create something amazing. And you know ultimately. Uh, beating Ferrari. Oh, shoot, spoiler alert. Sorry, guys, but ultimately, like making a car that can compete. Unfortunately, there 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 is some sadness in the movie, uh, which I won't spoil here. But if you do want to watch it, I think it's worth a watch. I don't know if it's worth a buy. I don't know if I'm gonna go back and be like, I need to watch this movie like every day for the rest of my life. But it's definitely worth seeing, and especially if you're a car person. But it's got a pretty good story there. There's also uh, there's also some family things going on there as well, and you know it's just it's just it's a nice story. So I, it it encouraged me then to go look up information about Ken Miles and research that a little bit. So that was cool. I also watched another movie this week, which is an oldie. I found it on Amazon Prime, I believe. It's called. Minority Report, starring Tom Cruise, directed by Steven Spielberg. You may have heard of these fellows. It's from 2002, and it's a really interesting movie. Uh, it's set in the not-so-distant, somewhat distant future. I think it's like 2050 or something like that. And it's in a time where they can actually predict crime or murders before they happen. They have these weird, like, oracle-type things, and they, uh, they can see the future, and this gets... Uh, imprinted on like a screen so you can almost watch a, a murder happen before it does and it tells them who the who the murderer is who the victim is and when it's going to happen so essentially tom cruise leads this police unit called the pre-crime unit and they put people up for trial with these judges that are also on a screen uh, before they've even committed the crime. So they, they bring them to trial, they're found guilty, and then they go arrest the person prior to them committing the crime. So it essentially eliminates all murder. And these these oracle things, or whatever they call them in the movie, they're never wrong. So one day, and this is a bit of a spoiler, this movie's 18 years old, so I think we're probably okay. One day, it shows Tom Cruise is there, of course, working, and it shows him being committing a crime, committing a murder. And he's like, whoa, 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 because he's like a big proponent of this thing. And he ends up escaping and running, you know, going on the run. And it's interesting because he he obviously knows that he's the murderer. He doesn't know the guy that he murders, but he can see the location and some of the other information about it. He can only see what they, they envision. And it's it, it, the movie's fascinating because it brings up the topic of fate versus decision, right? Like, are you destined to go and do something and become something or is it decisions that you make because ultimately in the movie he does he finds out that he's a murderer and then goes on like this on the run to figure out this other mystery that's happening and he ends up right in that exact spot that they predicted where he was going to murder this person and it makes you think like now if he wasn't told that he was going to murder that person would he have actually ended up there and if if like you were told that you were going to be a murderer in 2 days or whatever why wouldn't you just sit at home and not do anything is it that fate that leads you there or was it the decisions that he made that led him there and what those decisions have been different had he not been told or was he always destined to be there so it makes you kind of think about that and i thought about that in my life like are are you actually in control I guess there's some religious elements there to it as well, but are you in control of your life? Were Was I always destined to be sitting here talking to you? Were you always destined to be listening or watching this right now? It's hard to say, right? Like, what what led you here? Was it fate? When, when you um, 
Think about car accidents, for example. That day that you, um, you, you, your shoe came untied and you, uh, you tied your shoe and then you went to walk across the road and a, and a car hit you or whatever. I'm not saying you, but a person in general. Was that meant to be? Or the day that you didn't tie your shoe and you walked past and the car flew past you, like, oh man, it really fascinates me to talk about that or to think about that concept because you, you just don't know. I like to think that we're all in control of our destinies, right? Like something that I do today can can impact things in the future, right? And you could you could say this for good things or bad things that happen to you. I mean, you go to you go to jail for crimes. Were you destined to make the, commit that crime? Was this always going to happen? I don't know. I just I just love it, and, and I've been thinking about this movie for like a couple days now. It had I will say more, Minority Report had more of an impact on me than Ford versus Ferrari. So if you're thinking about watching either of those two movies, I'd recommend probably Minority Report, especially if you're an Amazon Prime person. You can watch it for free. It's still available on there. It's certainly worth a watch. So that that is the movies of the week. If you guys have any suggestions for a movie that I should watch that's available on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney+, Plus, throw it out there in the comments because I'd love to watch something each week and kind of share my opinion on it. I know I'm not one of those people that can do it in an amazing way. Like I've seen people that can talk about a two hour movie for 40 minutes and talk about every little detail. That's about as good as I can get there. Um, but I can tell you whether I enjoyed it or not and give you at least a, a brief rundown. But that's pretty much everything that happened in my week. I do want to uh, talk about one more YouTube thing before we get into feedback though. I want to talk about viewer feedback, but YouTube's doing something again that's aggravating me. And this is basically YouTube. This is YouTube for the last two years. Ever since I've become self-unemployed and a YouTube creator, every decision that YouTube has made has negatively affected me, whether it be getting rid of comments on my channel, whether it be, I mean, you you name it, the, the COPPA thing, which wasn't entirely their fault, but was their fault, that negatively affected me. Like, Everything they do seems to have a negative impact, and now they're doing another negative thing, which is removing polls on videos. You guys know that I think a lot of LEGO people use polls, but I use them quite often for, for funny things, fun things like, which uh, which do you like better, mini fingers or, uh, I don't know, Hot Wheels or something? And I'll do a poll, and it's fun to see the results. Or I'll be like, who's the best builder, Greg, 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 or that other guy, Clark, and it's, I don't know, I have fun with them. Sometimes I use them for actual useful things, like I do HelloFresh meal of the week and I have people vote for the next meal. I don't have comments, so I can't have people comment in it. But YouTube, in their wisdom, said that only about 0.2% of people actually use those polls that have uploaded a video in the last year. So roughly two, two people out of a 1,000. I'm one of those two people out of a 1,000 that use it. And they're like, yeah, we're just gonna get rid of it. And for me, it's like, why? Even if people aren't really using it that much, it's not hurting anything. It's not in the way. It's not negatively impacting anyone. And those two people that actually use it probably really enjoy it like myself. But alas, they're getting rid of those. I mean, another thing that I see people complaining about is how in mobile they move the comment section and it's really small now. I hate that as well. I hate the new creator studio that they use for uploading videos. I hate, like, there's so much that I hate about YouTube but it's the hand that feeds me and it's the only viable option as of right now outside of Patreon. So I'm kind of stuck, but I would love it. And I know it's impossible for this to happen because of the control they have, but I would love it if another company came along and gave YouTube a run for its money. And maybe we're a little bit more friendlier to creators and did things that actually worked. seems like everything YouTube does is a step backward, at least in my opinion, maybe you disagree, but yeah, that's how I feel about that. And that's my rant of the week. We'll add that in rant of the week, YouTube removing polls. Now we can get into viewer comment. 
And this is kind of a follow-up. This first one here is from Gemma, who is a Patreon detector, and sent me a very beautiful message the day she signed up. It was a day I was feeling a little down about something, and she sent me a message that just, like, boosted me, and I, I, I appreciated that. But she says, this is a follow-up to last week when I talked about making a Lego Dads YouTube streaming network where we just kind of talk and talk about our kids and what it's like to be a, a dad that's that's in that experience. She says, could you please consider a parent live streaming group instead of just Lego Dads? We are Lego mom and dad, and we want to come too. Missing pieces, always great, but we love this one. And I think that's a great idea. I guess I sometimes forget that there's women and maybe girls watching this. I think my audience is mostly mostly male. But you're out there, which is why I shouldn't always say boys. I always, I'm always like, check this out, boys. And it's just kind of a fun thing. But the Lego moms are in existence. So if you're a Lego mom and you want to join our thing, even our Patreon, we've got a couple of females in there, and it's cool. I like having that that diversity. It's not all guys. So uh, I invite you to my Lego parent live streaming group where we can kind of sit back and chat about what it's like to be a parent and a Lego collector. Kid, whatever age the kids are, that's fine. Uh, we do have another follow-up on that by someone with what I think may be the best Lego YouTube name that I've ever seen. says, this is from uh, Sunshine on a Rainy Brick. I love that. She says, I'm a mom who loves Lego, and so does my daughter, age three. We probably have an even more unique look at what Lego sets we're excited about coming out. Before my daughter, I was not a Lego Friends fan. Now I love these sets because she loves the sets, and I love seeing the joy they bring here. That sounds very familiar. Minecraft, looking at you. Oh, and if you do the dad stream, can you please make it a dad and mom stream? Us Lego-loving moms would love to join. She says mums. I'm assuming that you're from the UK. The UK detectors come out strong. But there you go. We've got Sunshine and Rady Brick and also Gemma Hodges who says that they would like to be a part of the parent, the parent Lego live streaming group. And I think that'd be really cool. It's not like an official thing or anything yet, but I would love to talk to the other Lego parents. I know there's a lot of kids that watch our videos, but I would say that those kids probably aren't here right now. They don't have this kind of attention span to make it through a 40 minute episode. <laughs> of missing pieces. You guys are the ones I'm talking to and that's why I love doing this because I know my demographic is very young, but it's the it's the adults that I want to I want to reach out to. It's the it's the people that are like me. If they're actually out there, I'd like to talk to you guys. Uh we have a message from Dr. McBrick, a friend of mine. He's a good guy. If you guys haven't checked out his channel, do a little search Dr. McBrick. He says, "Although my involved kids are 12 and 9, they are very involved in my channel, and I'd love to be on a stream with Lego YouTuber dads, also parents, I'm sure. He would probably love being on with the Lego YouTuber moms. But I think it's a cool thing. I think it's a cool concept. So those are those are the things that uh, that, that kind of came up from the last episode. We do have one other um, completely unrelated thing to that, but that's what Missing Pieces is. This is from CP Bricks. Uh, from from a, a Lego parent to a Lego parent here, he says, we're looking to get a swing set kind of like what you have for Clark in your backyard. How much does he actually use it? We think our little two-year-old would love it, and I know you guys have not been there that long, so how has Clark grown into it? He really enjoys it. He uses it quite a bit. Has like a, if you guys don't know, if you don't watch Greg's World, uh, it's it's like a, it's a slide with a swing set off the side, and then there's like a little clubhouse type thing, a little fort up top, and you can go out on that. There's like a little deck thing that's off of it, and it's pretty cool. He uses it, but I'm looking at that space where it is. Our backyard kind of slopes down, you know, there's this flat spot, then it slopes down very significantly, and we have kind of like woods and mountains behind us, which I love. I love the view. But where that swing set is, is like, 
a premier spot for a swimming pool. That's the only thing that this house doesn't have that I would like have dreamed about my entire life is having a pool. I love to swim. I like swimming in the summer and the winter. No, not really. So I'm looking at that thing and I'm like, when is Clark going to grow out of that? Because I would love, maybe if we can just move it. I've been like contemplating getting probably an above ground pool because I don't want something that's permanent. Whereas if we move, I've heard that having in-ground pools can make your house harder to sell. It also raises your taxes. So find an above ground pool with like a deep end and stuff. I think that would be really fancy pants out there. And I was thinking about moving that thing. But I was thinking, you know, if you have a two-year-old, they're probably a little bit too young for it right now. So you have some time to kind of grow into it. But Clark loves it quite a bit as a five-year-old. As an eight-year-old, probably he won't. He probably won't be using that much at all. And I think maybe he would enjoy the pool so much more. Plus, we could always, I guess this works both ways, though. We could always go to a public park or whatever to go swinging and playing on their equipment, which they're going to have a lot more in various things. But likely, we could also go to a public swimming pool as well. Although now with the whole Chima thing happening, not so much. But that'll eventually reside and we'll we'll be okay. But I'm thinking about a pool. It's uh, it's one of those things though where it's going to require maintenance. It's going to require a significant amount of money. It's going to require me to always be cleaning it and doing the stuff that's involved with the pool. There's going to be nine months out of the year where we can't use it. That's It's always going to be there. So there's some pros and cons to it, but it would be, it'd be kind of neat, I guess. So that kind of, I kind of want to talk about that question just because it, kind of related to something that me and the missus have been talking about and we're kind of like both on the same page where maybe we should get a pool maybe it would be neat it's like the one thing that i need in my life is a swimming pool and i could do some uh, live streams from the pool uh although many of you probably wouldn't want to see me with my shirt off maybe some of those lego moms though right right <laughs> no no this is where the stream has gone too far but that is that is today's episode I want to thank you guys so much for for being a part of this, for hanging out, uh, for listening to me talk about whatever's on my mind here this week. I, I love doing these episodes. I appreciate all the people, whether you're crisscrossing uh, Norway on a train, uh, if you're sitting at home building a Lego set listening to this, if you're cleaning your, your Lego sets, getting all the dust off your X-Wing, whatever you're doing while you're listening to this, I appreciate you inviting me in to be a part of your life. I really greatly appreciate that. And I hope you guys hope you guys enjoy the episode. So thank you so much for watching. And as always, we'll find you in the next Missing Pieces episode. Bye.